Derek Olson here to reconstruct the prehistoric past with you. So in this episode, we are going to continue our ancient expedition back in time to Lovelock Cave in Nevada where a supposed tribe of red-haired cannibalistic giants once roamed the plains. And in this episode, we will talk about the giant skulls and skeletons themselves that were not just written about, but that were seen by actual eyewitnesses, some who still live today. You are not going to want to miss this episode. But before we go to Lovelock, I want to let you know that if you are on Instagram or Facebook, you definitely want to look me up and follow me. I'm at Megalithic Marvels on Facebook, on Instagram. And uh, it's really where I hang out a lot and feature all kinds of crazy stuff regarding megaliths, ancient history, ancient giants, legends. You're going to see high definition photos and videos of my tours from Egypt and Peru and so much more. And recently, Facebook and Instagram allowed me to provide exclusive content to subscribers only. And so uh, if you subscribe, if you hit the subscribe button, you're going to get extended content, exclusive content, whether that's stories, reels, video posts of uh, my tours, my uh, videos. You're going to see personalized videos from me. Um, We also do group chats where uh, as subscribers, we all talk together and and I'll share personal videos and you guys will interact with me. It's really cool. So just want to throw that out if you're at all interested. Um, the price is $4.99, I believe, on Facebook and Instagram. And again, you can just find me at Megalithic Marvels. Okay, let's talk about the giants of Lovelock Cave. So this is part three of a three-part series. So I would suggest that you go back and listen to the last two episodes first so that you really get the full picture of this amazing uh, legend. A full review In part one, we talked about the oral traditions by the Paiutes of uh, northwest Nevada regarding the red-haired giants, which which they called the Sitika. And then we talked about the written account from Sarah Winnemucca, daughter of Chief Winnemucca of the Paiutes, who wrote the first known autobiography by a Native American woman where she detailed this account of the red-haired people eaters. That's what she called them. Uh, So really fascinating, that's part one. Then in part two, we talked about the cave itself and how these miners in 1911 were mining in there for bat guano and began to find all these artifacts, which then got the archaeologist's attention who came out, I think, in 1912 and discovered all these crazy artifacts and a humanoid which we hit on in part two. Very fascinating. You don't want to miss that. And now in part three, we're going to talk about the giant skulls and skeletons themselves. So based on the oral traditions, the Northern Paiutes would be the only people to have actually seen the red-haired giants known as the Sitika alive and in the flesh. However, like I said, there are many witnesses who claim to have seen the bones and skulls of these prehistoric cannibalistic carnivores that measured anywhere from 7 feet to 10 feet in length. Let's start with the miners. After centuries of bat guano buildup upon the cave floor, the uh, people 
that we have on record of being on scene at Lovelock Cave first were these bat guano miners. And again, they used this bat dung as fertilizer. And so these miners show up in 1911. And uh, they were led, I believe, by a guy named uh, James H. Hart. And here's what he said, quote, After some of the best specimens had been destroyed, in the south end of the cave, about 20 feet deep, we unearthed some skeletons. In the north central part of the cave, about four feet deep, was a striking looking body of a man, six feet, six inches tall. His body was mummified and his hair distinctly red. The man was a giant, end quote. Now, six foot six may not be considered a giant. Obviously, there's people that tall living today, but it is creeping close to the uh, kind of seven foot benchmark. And as we're going to talk about in a bit, there were giants uh, much taller than this uh, found. But we do have uh, Hart on record here confirming that it had red hair and declaring that it was a giant. So along with the length of the skeleton, we should also consider the girth and mass of these bones uh, as well in light of Hart's comments. Now, John T. Reed was a mining engineer and also a self-proclaimed amateur uh, anthropologist from Lovelock, Nevada. He was a resident of Lovelock, and uh, he could speak the Paiute language. Reed claims to have examined and measured several giant skeletons that were either from Lovelock Cave or the surrounding area. And below is a newspaper article from the Nevada State Journal dated April 17, 1932, that mentions John T. Reed and a seven-foot skeleton, uh, as well as two of Reed's encounters with giant bones. Now, this newspaper article is uh, titled, Lovelock Valley May Hold Key to Ancient Mystery. And then underneath it, it says, Continued from Page One. So apparently this is Page Two. I wasn't able to find page one, but I'm going to read you this expert excerpt from page two. It says, um, One is the skeleton of a giant, red-headed Indian, and the other is the calendar stone found by W.C. Pitt, rancher, and called the W.C. Pitt calendar stone in his honor. The skeleton found near uh, the Rogers Ranch last year measures seven feet seven inches and was in excellent condition parts of the red hair even remaining on the skull this has been carefully stored away so a couple cool things to note from this article is that uh, it mentions this stone calendar and I referenced that in part one of this series or actually part two which was that was one of the premier artifacts found in the cave this notched stone calendar and then um, it references the seven foot skeleton which also has red hair again lending to the legend that the Sitika had red hair uh, interesting that it says it has been carefully stored away if only we could travel back in time and find out where that was stored right another uh, newspaper clip from February 1931 
talks about how a Lovelock resident informed Reed of the weathering out of a large skeleton on the lake bed near Lovelock Cave. It says this was excavated with great care and all the bones were recovered. Before removing it, Reed measured it in situ and it proved to be seven feet seven or six inches in height. It had been buried in a shroud and covered with a dark substance, perhaps charcoal. Interesting that this one talks about um, it being buried in a shroud. And that reminds me of the part two series where I talked about the humanoid. That thing was also wrapped in some kind of um, shroud or uh, mummification. Uh, Very interesting. And then another newspaper article, uh, the Lovelock Review Minor, reported on June 19, 1931, that Lloyd de la Montoya of California had discovered the skeleton of a giant on the lake bed near Toy. Reed, John Foster, and Thomas J. Chapel set out across the dry flat to the site. The skeleton was, re- was recovered. It was deduced that this man had been nine and one half or possibly ten feet tall. So again, here's another newspaper uh, from the early 1900s in 1931. It is the Lovelock Review Minor. And again, it mentions another giant skeleton discovered on a lake bed near Toy. I don't know exactly where that is, but Reed was on the scene as he was with these others. And this thing is supposedly nine plus feet, maybe 10 feet tall. So um, there's some very interesting information from the miners and from some early newspaper accounts. Okay, so now let's talk about the archaeologist again just for a bit to set up uh, the giant skeletons. So in their 1929 field report called Lovelock Cave, archaeologists Loud and Harrington make the following statements about the skeletons and skulls. Quote, It is quite likely that members of the crew excavating the guano took away the bones, especially skulls. The best specimen of the adult mummies was boiled and destroyed by a local fraternal lodge which wanted the skeleton for initiation purposes. Several human mummies and parts of mummies were obtained by the guano crew and the rider. Much of the hair found on the mummies in the cave is reddish." End quote. Again, this quote's coming straight from the archaeologists themselves who are on scene in Lovelock Cave. And they're telling us that the best specimen of the adult mummies, uh, that it was it was destroyed and that the uh, skeleton was taken away. My question is, was this best specimen a giant skull? Uh, I believe it, it was. We now have Loud and Harrington confirming that they uncovered mummies with red hair. And again, when you go to the appendices of their book, they also reveal two intriguing photos. One is the humanoid-looking child that we referenced in the last episode. And the other is one of what looks like a large skull. And again, if you click the link in the show notes, Um, I'm going to have the article that this episode is based off of that has these photographs in it. And you can see 
um, what looks like a very ancient skull. Um, and this apparently is one of the skulls from one of these um, skeletons of a large proportion that had red hair on it. Um, so check that out. Okay, so let's get straight into talking more now about the mummies and giant skeletons discovered near Lovelock. Now, the Nevada Review Miner published an, published an article in its 1931 June issue reporting two very large skeletons that were found in the Humboldt Dry Lake Bit right near Lovelock Cave. Uh, one measured 8.5 feet in length and was described as having been wrapped in a gum-covered fabric similar to Egyptian mummies. The other skeleton was nearly 10 feet long. Uh, another newspaper article dated January 24, 1904 from the St. Paul Globe documents the discovery of a skeleton of a gigantic human being in Winnemucca, Nevada by workers who were digging in the gravel. It says, quote, a Dr. Samuels examined it and pronounced it to be nearly 11 feet in height. So these uh, reported skeletons are getting taller. Now we've got a, a seven foot seven, an eight and a half footer, a 10 footer, and an almost 11 footer. Now here's where this legend takes on a whole nother fun turn. Let's talk about the Humboldt Museum witnesses. So there's a handful of people who have testified to seeing giant skulls from Lovelock Cave in a storage room at the Humboldt Museum in Winnemucca, Nevada. Two of these witnesses are Don Monroe and M.K. Davis, and below are a series of statements made by M.K. Davis regarding uh, their experiences. Quote, The Humboldt Museum in Winnemucca, Nevada used to keep a series of human skulls in a cabinet in the basement for private viewing. They have now repatriated the skulls and no longer have them. I saw them in 2006 and photographed them in the cabinet. Don Monroe photographed them some 30-odd years ago, and they were different. Compare the photos, and you can see that not only are some missing, but there is an extraordinary mandible that was there in the prior photo, but missing from the later one. This mandible has had the teeth filed. Here is the photo that Don Monroe took some 30 plus years ago. Pay attention to the fact that there are more artifacts then and more particularly to the mandible that is arrowed or has an arrow pointing to it. End quote. So again, click the link in the show notes to see these photographs. And uh, in the first photo that was taken 30 plus years ago, it's black and white. You can see that there are um, at least six or seven skulls in what looks like a cabinet um, and then there's a, a couple mandibles and then um, when you look at uh, his photograph MK Davis's photograph that was taken in 2006 there's only three skulls and two mandibles so a couple of them are obviously gone but you can clearly see that these three skulls are identical to three of them in the previous photo. Uh, M.K. Davis goes on to say, quote, 
These photos are original prints taken some uh, 40 years ago in the basement of the Humboldt Museum in Winnemucca, Nevada by Don Monroe. The museum now denies the existence of this and other skulls. Why? And then he says, notice what appears to be double rows of teeth. So when you start to look at these other photographs, you'll see what um, looks like these photographs that were taken some 30 or 40 years ago. There was a couple different collections of them. There's a, the black and white photo that shows again like seven skulls in a cabinet. And then there's two other photos. Uh, one that shows a red skull. And this thing has very large protruding cheekbones, uh, eye sockets. And when you look close, it definitely appears to have double row of teeth. Because then there's another photograph which shows four skulls together. And three of them look, um, I guess, average size. But then there's another red skull in the middle that seems to dwarf the other ones. Okay, and I think this is the same as the skull that I just referenced with the double rows of teeth. Now that I think about it, as I look close. But this thing definitely looks to my eye like it could fit on the body of a eight foot plus skeleton. Whereas these other skulls that are smallish look like they might uh, fit on a, a five or six foot skeleton. So intriguing. And again, notice how large the reddish looking skull is in the middle compared to the other skulls. So now let's talk about the cover up. So back to the archaeologist, uh, Loud and Harrington. In their 1929 field report, Lovelock Cave, Harrington seems to make a cryptic statement regarding their findings. He says, quote, The lot from which each specimen came is recorded in the catalog of specimens in the University of California Museum of Anthropology. But except where the fact seems pertinent to some problem, it is not presented in the following account, end quote. Okay, this was written around 1929. Now, does this statement indicate that any giant skeletons and skulls they might have unearthed were considered a, quote, problem um, to the mainstream scientific thought of the day and were therefore not recorded in the catalogs and furthermore not put on display for public viewing? That's what I'm getting out of that statement. Let me read it again. The lot from which each specimen came is recorded in the catalog of specimens in the University of California Museum of Anthropology. But except where the fact seems pertinent to some problem, it is not presented in the following account. Uh, again, does that explain why these skulls are so hard to come by? Uh, Richard J. Dewhurst, who I referenced in the last episode, a uh, great researcher, an Emmy Award-winning writer, and author of the book, The Ancient Giants Who Ruled America, um, he says this uh, in his book, quote, Recently, it has been confirmed that four of the ancient skulls unearthed at Lovelock Cave are, in fact, in the possession of the Humboldt Museum in Winnemucca, Nevada. According to Barbara Powell, who is the director 
of the collection, the museum is prohibited by the state of Nevada from putting the schools on public display because, quote, the state does not recognize their legitimacy, end quote. They are instead kept in the storage room and shown to visitors from all over the world only by request. In addition, Powell said that additional bones and artifacts were transferred to the Phoebe A. Hearst Museum of Anthropology in Berkeley, California, where they are kept but also never put on display. What is significant to note is that the scientific community has assiduously scrubbed all references to the six to eight foot tall red-haired skeletons found at the site. As we as will be seen, this repeated effort to clear the historical record of all references to a pre-Indian Caucasian culture in the United States can be seen as working in harmony with the NAGPRA policies of the federal government, which works on agendas based on political correctness and not objective science, end quote. Okay, that is a blockbuster paragraph there from Richard J. Dewhurst, his book, The Ancient Giants Who Ruled America. That's a must-get book if you're into this kind of stuff. Because uh, again, right there, there's so much to unpack. But he's got the uh, Humboldt Museum uh, director saying that these skulls are not recognized by the state and that's why they're not shown uh, on public display. Incredible. Researcher and uh, author L.A. Marzulli, who years ago I went on quite an adventure with, uh, literally on a giant skeleton hunt. I'll have to talk about that someday on the podcast. Uh, he makes the following statement, which I think is relevant. Quote, the question is, why would men of science deliberately engage in this? And I believe I have an answer. If skeletons exist, and by all of the overwhelming evidence both from the written record found in newspapers and accounts from scientists, as well as the oral traditions from Native Americans, they pose a direct threat to the pervading worldview of Darwinism. End quote. So to bring this three-part investigative series to a conclusion, uh, let me lay out all the pieces of the puzzle for you one last time. Number one, we have the Paiute uh, oral tradition of red-haired giants who they burned alive inside a cave. Number two, we have the written account from Sarah Winnemucca, daughter of Paiute Chief Winnemucca, about the red-haired people-eaters, that's what she called them, and her most treasured dress passed down from generation to generation trimmed with this red hair. Okay, so we've got the oral tradition, we've got the written account. Number three, we've got Lovelock Cave, which is literally charred black, um, the ceiling inside, I can I can say that with 100% confidence because I've been inside this cave twice. Charred black. This whole cave was set ablaze, it looks like, uh, from fire. And uh, burnt arrow shafts were found inside of it uh, by the archaeologists themselves. We have the testimony from the archaeologists and the curator of anthropology, at the Nevada State Museum of the advanced artifacts and the extra large weapon shafts and giant pestles found in and around the cave. 
Number five, we have the photographs of the humanoid-looking mummy and the large skull found inside the cave, again, from the archaeologists themselves, which are pictured in their 1929 book called Lovelock Cave. Number six, we have the archaeologists on record saying that the mummies found inside the cave had red hair. Uh, we also have these um, archaeologists really confirming the legend of the Paiutes in their book, which I thought was very crazy. Uh, number seven, we have the testimony of the miners and all these newspaper reports of several seven to ten foot skeletons that were unearthed. Again, this isn't just happenstance uh, or town gossip. These are actual newspaper reports from several local newspapers. And again, uh, these weren't just created in Photoshop. You can go to libraryofcongress.org or .com, whichever one that is, and you can find these like I found them. Number eight, we have the mummies found nearby in Spirit Cave, carbon dated at 9,500 BC. I think I talked about that cave and those mummies in episode two of this series. Uh, again, the Smithsonian themselves sent out their own archaeologist. Uh, I think his last name was Owsley. He was a famous uh, Smithsonian archaeologist back in the early 1900s. He carbon dated those himself and said they had Nordic features. Okay, so I think that's important because they were found very nearby in another cave, carbon dated 11,500 years ago with Nordic features. Number nine, we have uh, the photographs and testimonies from the Humboldt Museum witnesses telling the story of seeing these skulls and one that looks giant compared to the others, um, which also looks like it's got a double row of teeth on the top, uh, top side of its mouth. And then number 10, we've got the director or the vice president of the Humboldt Museum stating that the museum is prohibited by the state of Nevada from putting the skulls on public display. So in closing, I ask you, did the red-haired giants of Lovelock Cave actually exist? I'll let you decide. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please make sure to subscribe to this podcast from wherever you like to listen. And uh, until next time, keep exploring.